What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going good on your side of the galaxy. Got some news out here on the Outer Rim. Star Wars has just confirmed a new series of animated shorts, Galactic Pals. This new series from the franchise is aimed at younger children. It was announced on StarWars.com yesterday. The series will feature droid M1RE Marie. She is looking after and studying an array of creatures. She will be doing this at the Youngling Care Space Station. The animals that Maria will be taking a look at are some Ewoks, Wookiees, Ortolians, Hutlets, Jawas, Rodians, Gamorians, and Gungans, as well as Tauntauns, Raycors, Porgs, and Loskets. It looks to be a lot like the other Star Wars shorts, which I really enjoy. I know they were made for kids, but it's Star Wars, and I like anything that has to do with Star Wars. Plus, I'm just a big kid at heart. Okay, now that I told you about that, we can get back to the story because when we left off yesterday, Lochia was searching for Sarah after giving Bane the means to escape. And Xana and Set had just arrived on Dome. So let's see what's gonna happen now. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. What well do you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and be ready to flow. There should be hidden landing ports for the prison about halfway up the column. Set a shorter. They'll probably look like small caves. Easy to miss. The victory was less than a hundred meters from the pillar when Xana angled its nose sharply upward. The ship reacted instantly, arching into a steep ascent the G-forces pinning the two passengers back in their seats. The shuttle steadied in a perfectly vertical climb, less than 10 meters from the rock wall, running parallel to its contours as Xana looked for a place to land. It was too dark for a visual, but the ship's sensors provided her with the digital topography of the pillar surface racing beneath the hull. What from a distance had looked smooth and sheer was in fact rough and irregular. Wind and erosion had sculpted grooves and channels in the rock, and the face was pockmarked with thousands of small, irregularly shaped openings. Most were nooks or fissures that went less than 10 meters deep. Others were actual tunnels that extended deeper into the rock. Only a handful were large enough to accommodate a shuttle, however. Hold on, Xana warned an instant before pulling hard back on the stick. The victory peeled away from the column into a backward loop. At the same time, Xana sent them into a half-barrel roll so that they finished right side up, with the nose of the vessel pointed toward the opening she'd chosen. The landing thrusters fired at full force as the shuttle's momentum sent them rocketing into the mouth of the cavern, breaking hard before settling into a perfect three-point landing. Set didn't say anything, but Xana saw him raise a brow in appreciation. She could have chosen a less dramatic maneuver to reach her destination, but she knew her would-be apprentice preferred doing things with a certain stylistic flair. Impressing him with her piloting skills was just one more small way to secure his respect and loyalty. Through the cockpit window, Xana could see only darkness. She flicked on the Victory's external lights, illuminating the cavern. The rock walls surrounding them were sharp and jagged, but the floor was smooth and even. A single passage led off to one side, the tunnel too perfectly straight to have been shaped by nature. There are probably about a dozen other landing bays like this one, Set informed her as they exited the shuttle, each one with a passage leading to the lower levels of the complex. It's too bad you weren't able to find any hollow maps of the layout, she commented, 
not wanting him to get too cocky. Maybe we should split up, Set suggested. With two of us searching, we'll have a better chance of finding him. I'm going in alone, Zana informed him. You're going to stay here and guard the ship. Guard the ship? From whom? Whoever took Bane might have someone patrolling the entrances. If they find our ship undefended, they can disable it, cutting off our only method of escape. Fine, Set replied curtly, after a moment's consideration. I'll sit here and watch the shuttle like your personal Cyborian battle dog. I assume you'll be able to handle anyone who stumbles across this landing bay without too much trouble? Everyone except your master, he assured her. Even I'm not sure I can handle him, Xana thought. Satisfied with Set's answer, Xana cracked a glow stick. Guided by its pale illumination, she made her way down the tunnel and into the stone prison. Set watched his new master's back, following her progress until she turned around a corner and disappeared, leaving him alone in the small landing bay. He leaned casually against the victory's hull, thinking back on their arrival. He considered himself a pretty good pilot, but he would never have attempted a move like the backward barrel roll Xana had used to bring them into land. He knew she was just showing off for his benefit. Still, it had been impressive. After a few minutes, he began to pace restlessly back and forth, kicking at small stones in the dirt. Set didn't like taking orders, and he didn't like sitting around doing nothing. Don't do anything stupid now. She was talking earlier about how important patience is, he thought. This is probably another test. Oba, his master before he had left the Jedi, had often encouraged his students to meditate when they had no other tasks or duties. He claimed it centered the mind and spirit. But Set had never been a fan of meditation. He preferred to be doing something, anything, to sitting around in a trance lost inside his own thoughts. He squatted down and rummaged around on the ground until he had collected five fist-sized stones. He brushed the dust off as best he could, inspecting them for sharp edges that might cut his palms or fingers. Then, satisfied with his finds, he began to juggle, hoping it would help pass the time. He started with simple tosses, getting a feel for the weight and balance of each stone. Then he shifted into a cascade, the rocks dancing in a circular looping pattern as they leapt from hand to hand. Next, he added in catches behind his back, alternating every other toss front to back without ever breaking his rhythm. Peering around the cavern, he spotted another suitably sized rock on the floor a few meters away. Still juggling, he moved toward it with shuffling steps until he was close enough to slip the toe of his boot under the stone's edge. A quick flick of the foot sent it high into the air, where it joined the others in his pattern. He repeated this trick several more times, moving around the cavern in search of more rocks, adding both numbers and complexity to the trick until, upon reaching ten objects being juggled simultaneously, he let them all drop to the ground in disgust. You didn't come here to play games. Xana had been gone less than ten minutes, and already he was unbearably bored. She could be gone for hours. You're not going to make it. Closing his eyes to help him focus, Set reached out with the Force, probing the area around him. At first he didn't feel anything. Xana had disappeared deep into the complex. Concentrating intently, he pushed his awareness out even farther. Beads of sweat began to form on his brow, but after nearly a minute, he began to detect faint signs of life. 
all living beings were attuned to the Force on some level, and the Jedi had trained him to sense their presence through it. Ordinary people were barely noticeable, as easy to miss as a dim light on a sunny afternoon. Those with power, men and women like Xana or other Jedi, burned with a much greater intensity. To his surprise, Set felt several strong, distinct flares as he extended his awareness out. He had expected to sense Xana and her master, but they were not alone. It was difficult to say exactly how many others there were, or their precise location. Sensing others through the Force was a rather inexact science. But they were definitely there, and they're not Jedi. Those who served the light side had a certain unmistakable aura about them, as did those who called upon the dark side. Maybe Bane's already found himself another apprentice. Xana could be in for a little surprise. Okay, there wasn't really much to this part. Xana and Seth find a cave to land in. This cave is part of the prison. Xana tells Seth that she is going in alone, and she also tells him to stay and guard the ship. Seth is like an impatient child that can't sit still. After Seth tries to find a way to occupy himself, he starts to think that his new master might need some help. And that's where this part comes to an end. Join us tomorrow to see what happens next. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.